Welcome to PS Let's Talk Love. I'm Marsha. And I'm Solvay. We're communication professors and dating and relationship coaches. And in each episode, we'll be talking about dating, love, relationships, and all their complexities. We're here to help you navigate the sometimes awful, sometimes exhilarating, and oftentimes bonkers elements of all things relationships. We want to emphasize that this podcast is separate from our teaching and research at our university jobs. It is, however, part of our desire to bring dating and relationship support to folks everywhere. Let's talk love. Welcome to episode 20. We are recording this um, after having received the official news. We, are, we all already sort of knew if we were paying attention mm-hmm. to the news at all that, um, that the Supreme Court would overturn the Roe v. Wade decision. And we are recording this having received that news and had a little bit of time to be with it. Um, and so we wanted to talk in in light of what we are loving or not loving today. We wanted to talk about that a bit and where we're at with it, in the hopes that either it provides another perspective for you, some information, some solidarity, some comfort, whatever it may be, wherever you are in terms of your perspectives and listening to us today. We're going to share some of our thoughts. Do you want to add to that in terms of an introduction to our check-in? <laughs> so I think I think the the too long didn't didn't listen fully is we maybe aren't going to talk about what we're loving as much as like how we're feeling maybe right now. Yeah, and what we're thinking, how we're feeling. Yeah, we're thinking. yeah, yeah. How are you feeling, Marsha? I'm feeling pissed. <laughs> yeah, and that changes. I mean, literally on, uh, I don't know, hourly basis, sometimes less than that. I feel like I go from rage, um, to sadness, to exhaustion, to shock, which I still don't understand why I'm shocked. Like I, I intellectually knew all this happened, but like just shock at what is happening. Um, frustration. I don't know. I can name, I feel like so many emotions. I need to break out my Brene Brown, that new book she wrote that lists all the emotions. I've been waiting to buy, I've been waiting to get it. This is the perfect week. This is the time. I as I'm saying this, I'm like, oh, I should have opened that up. It is. It's a great book. I highly recommend. And it's really, I mean, I guess if I'm loving something, (laughs) it's that book. It's Brene Brown as a person. Yeah. Um, it's really, uh, it's like little bite-sized things about emotion. So you don't have to consume it all at once. You can consume it like kind of in little pieces as maybe as you might use exploring different categories of emotion. So anyway, listeners, if you are feeling um, like I just described, her book might be a really good one because it helps kind of distinguish between like what how to label certain emotions. And we know that when we can label something, it helps us make sense of it better. So that's that's a plug. I'm glad you said that because I looked at that book and I, whenever I looked at it, I think it was in the, like towards the end of the semester or I don't know when I looked at it and I was like, 
I don't have the energy currently for this, but I do now, and I think I need it in my yes. Library. Highly recommend, and and especially if you like are feeling lots of things, which I am. Yeah, and I I want to plug it the fact that you really don't have to consume it all. Like it doesn't it doesn't re it almost feels more like like an outline. That's what um, I thought, or like an encyclopedia or something. Yeah. Like it's like an exci- encyclopedia of emotions or an atlas, I suppose, as she as she <laughs> Yeah. So she put it in the name. I'm glad we tried to define it differently. <laughs> okay. Dr. Brown. It's sorry. <laughs> sorry, Dr. Brown. I respect you as a researcher and a human. Highly respect slash admire slash love. Yeah. Slash you want to be on our pod. <laughs> Do you want to be here? <laughs> what other emotions in Atlas of the Heart could we describe our feelings about Brene Brown with? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, anyway, back to the the issue at hand. I have found myself like really, really relying on humor to get through everything, like making a lot of jokes and like li- listeners, if you hear us kind of like giggling about stuff and laughing and making jokes I feel like like I hope that you all know us well enough by now to know that like neither of us are taking any of this lightly by any stretch but like also to survive we have to make like we have to find some release right like that's how I'm feeling anyway it's like oh I just need to like giggle about something very stupid for sure. Well, and isn't sort of that nuanced edge of comedy, the tragic can also be mm-hmm. funny sometimes. So it's like, yeah, there's a both and there. Yeah. More than one thing can be true at a time. True. Yeah. So anyway, I'm feeling a lot of things, um, mostly in the anger category. Um, and I, you know, my tendency is like, okay, like I'm going to be angry for a a while and that is going to be there. But like also eventually I always like to try to turn things into some sort of action. Um, because like (laughs) if I just sit and be sad or mad, like it makes me feel worse. Um, so I, I outlined a couple of things that I thought we could talk about in terms of like, what are some, you know, ways to, to be in action in this time. Although I guess before I outline that, how are you feeling? I am excited. Marsha, just listeners before this, I just want you to know that Marsha held up several pieces of paper, which look like a checklist or an outline. And she was like, I have some notes. So I'm really excited and I don't know what all the notes are, but I'm looking forward to, um, this what what Marsha's been thinking through and writing about mm-hmm. and hearing more about it. Um, but I will also say, yeah, I mean, I've been feeling really, I've been feeling angry. I've, I mean, I've been feeling all the emotions that you named. I think I've been feeling tired. I've been feeling angry. I've been feeling frustrated. I've been feeling um, like I, you know, one of my, I think values really at this point is to contemplate things. And so I've also been feeling kind of quiet and turned inward in terms of um, thinking about how I want to move towards action, which I know you're you're going to talk about in a minute, but sort of in a contemplative space of thinking mm-hmm. about how do I, you know, how do I let myself feel angry when I feel angry? And then 
you know, upset and maybe fearful at certain points and brave and all of the things like, how do I let myself feel all those things? And then also, where do I want to use my voice? Where do I want to use my, um, the, you know, the power that I have um, to influence, even if it's, you know, what, what are the ways that I want to do that? So I've been, I've been in a lot of contemplation, I would say. Um, Mm -hmm. And then also like in the midst of other things, like it was just my sister's 40th birthday. So it was like, you know, like this weird, like also let's celebrate birthday Uh and then also, wow, weird things. So yeah, lots of feelings. Um, But I did want to say before, I I, I really want to pause on that feeling angry thing and because I think it's important that everybody who's listening to you know a lot of us are dealing and and I know we talk to a lot of people who experience a lot of burnout and Mm -hmm. one of um there's actually another really good book about burnout by Emily Nagoski and that book might be useful for people who are listening and feeling that way as well but I think one of my biggest takeaways from that book and that work that Nagoski is doing is that we have to move energy through our bodies if we keep it in our bodies if we keep if we if we keep the anger in our body or if we repress the anger if we push it down and we think I shouldn't feel that right now or I can't feel that right now because I have to take action immediately or I have to say something or I have to do something um if we, you know, sometimes doing something is a way to direct the energy, right? And so that's great. But the point is to not internalize the anger and let it just, um, you know, slowly suffocate you inside with its <laughs> weight, which a lot of people do, right? Because yes, we don't yeah. know how to do it. We don't know how to deal with anger. And there's so many things to be angry about, right? And mm-hmm. there's so many things like Marsha and I were just laughing laughing not in the funny way about how every it feels like every other week we're needing to add in a special note about some disaster or some horrible thing that's mm-hmm. happening because we we want you to know that we care in the podcast right like there are a lot of things yeah. happening um, for those of us who are seeking to be conscious and pay attention and so um, I think I just want to say an extra note to like find the things that help you move the anger through your body, whether that is movement. Like Marsha, I know running is like one of the things and you've talked about that here, right? Movement for me, walking and running is helpful. Dance, right? Journaling things through, writing them out, even talking to a friend or someone who cares who you can vent to, right? Like getting mm-hmm. that and and then thinking about taking the actions that are aligned with your values too, right? Like all of that, but make sure that you're moving the anger through your body. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I mean, I, 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 I like scoff, but like, because yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Do you have anything to add to that in terms of how to move that energy through your body so that it's not, it's not eating you alive essentially? Yeah. I mean, I am a big advocate of crying. Yes. Oh yes. How did I not? Even I don't know. I don't know how you missed go-to. it. <laughs> Oh, which I'm like, just because isn't that what everybody does? But I know not everybody does that. Yeah. I think letting yourself cry and feel grief. And I mean, crying is such a stress reliever, right? It's, I feel, I always feel like it feels really cleansing. Um, I, I would strongly recommend that. Um, I'm also a big advocate of like driving in your car and screaming, yeah. well, screaming period, but yeah. also screaming like some sort of empowering song, whatever the version of that is for you. Um, I think there's something about, I mean, you can do that anywhere, but for some reason in the car it just feels different. Like you feel like you're in your own world or I do. Yeah. Um, 
I did that yesterday listening to Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> well done, you. Well done. I'm also thinking about like, ju- I know it sounds, some people might be like, this sounds real weird, but you can close. It's kind of like screaming, screaming in your car if you need to. You can also like close yourself in a room and like yeah. jump up and down, shake, like physically shaking the energy, that energy out of your body can, mm-hmm. can do, it, it does something. So yeah. like, and you don't have to do it in front of anyone, right? Like you just, yeah. just like do that on your own, but like move it through you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Holding on to it is not good and it's not helpful for anyone, for you or anyone else. Yeah. We are also busy too, right? So I know mm-hmm. that someone might listening to this might be like, um, when am I going to do this? But also screaming in your car doesn't take that long. <laughs> well, it depends on how much you need to scream. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like seriously, yeah. like go like throw a tantrum in your room for three minutes, you know, like mm-hmm. it, having some sort of way to move that through. Yeah, you can go on a 40 minute run or whatever, but also just know there are ways that you can start to do it, but get it, get it through you. And, and I think most of us know when we get to that point where we're like, you know, cried out for the moment, right. Or we're exhausted, you know, whatever it is that we feel like it's moved through us. That's, that's a good, like, no, noticing that in your body can help you to, to, to know that for that moment you feel complete. It's not that that energy won't come through you again, that you won't feel angry again. Likely you'll feel angry a lot, but that mm-hmm. you've started to work through it is really helpful for not getting totally burnt out. Yeah. And being able to think a little bit more th- clearly, I think too, right? Like anger triggers that animalistic part of our brain that like it, it sometimes it just like clouds everything else. And I'm not saying that like, there's a great perspective you can have right now, but you can like be able to step back and be like, okay, now, like, what do I want to do? And there's lots of different pathways, but like, what do I want to do from here? I think can be really helpful too. Totally. And I know I've mentioned this before and we should probably just do an episode on it, but um, in Susan David's work on emotional agility, you know, she says, you know, do feel those feelings and then eventually return to your values, right? Mm -hmm. What are your values? Which I think is where you are going, Marsha, is like, what is, what is it I want to do about this Um, is, is a way to be agile with those tough feelings that feel really hard to feel. Yeah. Yeah. I feel calmer. What do we do, do, Marsha? What's your thought? What's on that checklist there? Okay. I listeners, I have, I'm going to shake it for you. I have a a piece of notebook paper that I ripped out of the notebook that I have written a lot of chicken scratch on both sides. Uh, But some of this, I kind of broke this down into a couple of categories um, because again, I like to spring into action because it makes me feel like I'm in control of something. Uh, The first are just some things to think about if you are talking about abortion, uh, talking about Roe v. Wade, and um, like some things to keep in mind versus some things to try to stay away from and not get bogged into. Um, And just a note, like Solveig and I both have master's degrees in communication, like persuasion and public speaking. Like those are all things we teach. We emphasize the interpersonal communication and relational communication on this podcast because that's our focus but we have a background in you know a wide range of communication techniques so I just want to note that (laughs) um 
And then I also kind of outlined some like very specific actions that you can take right now. Um, so I think, and then I also <laughs> added some things to definitely make sure that you are doing, um, or not doing. Mm-hmm. So I'll start, I'll start with the addressing the conflict thing. Feel free like to add on to this. So I think the number one thing that if you are talking about abortion with anyone, especially somebody who is like not understanding why we're all so mad about this, um, the emphasis should be that abortion it's healthcare. It is a part of, of healthcare. It is a part of people who have uteruses, (laughs) their healthcare, and there are all sorts of reasons, um, I would really encourage you not to get bogged down too much into the, like, you know, the trying to persuade people that it's only like, for the most part, medical, it's not just about somebody's choice. Like they, it's just an unwanted pregnancy. Like what we shouldn't do is start to assign morality to why somebody might like there being a more moral reason why somebody might seek an abortion. Um, that's a personal morality choice that like everyone has, has, you know, their own perspective on. And that's certainly like, there's a difference between when you are having a, a, like a discussion about whether or not abortion should be a thing. Um, spoiler alert, it's going to be a thing, whether it's legal or not, but also like you and I, right. Solve you and I could, could talk about like how, when you might seek an abortion and when you might not also, we wouldn't, how are we to know? if we were not in the, that position. So anyway, not assigning morality to reasons and not trying to say like, because of these moral reasons is why this should exist. It should exist because it's a part of healthcare and there are all sorts of reasons. The other thing to, that I've seen some people get bogged down into is getting caught in this debate of when life starts that is a philosophical debate. That is a philosophical question when life starts. And that is not something that we, anyone is ever going to arrive at a clear answer at, right? Like it's a philosophical question and it's fine for the, like we're academics. I can totally see having an academic discussion about that or a philosophical discussion about that. That should not dictate legislation. That's not the issue at hand. Okay. So don't get caught up in that debate of when life begins. Philosophical question. It is not like nobody's going to answer that question. That's not the issue here. The issue here is abortion is healthcare. And if we want to focus on one thing, focus on the issue of bodily autonomy. Um, And it, you know, it's funny that this argument was used so much during the pandemic about masks and vaccines. Um, and, and so it feels sometimes sort of weird saying bodily autonomy. Now I'm like, oh God, <laughs> but that, that is the issue at hand, right? Is focusing on like people get to choose what happens within their body and with their body. And good examples of this would be like, if I have a kidney and I am the only match in the world for some child who needs a kidney. I get to decide whether or not I give up that kidney there. Nobody can make me give that kidney. There might be social pressure, but like legally I am not required to give that kid my kidney because it's my body and I get to choose what I do with it. And that extends even to 
dead bodies, corpses. Like you cannot take somebody, somebody's organs for organ donation. If they have not donated them, they have not made that choice. Or, you know, in some cases, their family member make, doesn't make that choice to donate it because that body has autonomy. Right. And so when we look at the issue of abortion, that's the issue at hand is like the person who has a uterus gets to decide what happens with that body. Um, and then th this is kind of akin to what I was saying earlier in regards to like the morality of it. But I think sometimes I see people get caught up in the, like, but you don't even want it if there's rape or there's incest. And like, again, you're assigning morality to a, a healthcare decision. And like, we can, like, the, I, get, I suppose are, those are examples, but like, I don't know that it's particularly helpful to say like, yes, you can control people's bodies, but like, if something happened to them, then they, I guess we won't control it in that case. Like <laughs> it's healthcare. It, that should apply regardless of why they're seeking an abortion, whether, you know, there's all sorts of reasons why. Um, so those are some things just to kind of keep in mind as you're having discussions with people and addressing the issue to, you know, really stay away from the, the light when life begins. It like, it's, it's a, not a, it's not a question anyone can answer. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. I, I would love for you to keep going because this is by the way, everyone, why I think Marsha should run for politics. Um, <laughs> I just, I, I love hearing your passion when you're like in a space. So keep, please keep going. Okay. Um, the other thing that sometimes comes up right now, I think I am a little bit on, like if we're on a continuum, I'm a little bit further toward one side of the continuum on this. I sometimes hear people at times like this say, well, we can agree to disagree. Um, and that is true in some respects, like we can agree to disagree. We can agree to disagree if I think diet Coke is superior to diet Pepsi <laughs> and you disagree. Right. And, and in fairness, we can disagree about, you know, like whether or not somebody, I don't know, we can agree to disagree about whether or not we would get an abortion or not, right? Like people make all sorts sure. of choices. The point here is having the choice. The neutral ground in this debate is being pro-choice. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, I mean, I am of the, the thought is in instances like this, I'm like, agree to disagree. If you disagree with somebody having bodily autonomy, I'm not sure like where we go from there. Because in my mind, that means you don't see me as a whole person. Um, and so I don't, I'm not saying cut those people out from your life. I don't think that that is necessarily helpful, right? Like we can't just create further to create those silos. But I also, I don't love seeing people say, well, we can just agree to disagree on that. Like that, uh, an issue like of this magnitude. I'm curious what you think about the idea of those seeking to find common ground, because I think that's different from agree to disagree. Like where is there oh, yeah. common ground between people is a different kind of conversation to have. Right. And I think your point just listening right now about the neutral choice or sorry, the neutral ground being to be pro-choice is an interesting 
yeah, I'm like, I need to think, I want to think about that for a little while. And I also think, and maybe you're getting there, that it's so, it is important for us to keep talking about things, right? So I don't think that's, you're saying, Mm -hmm. like, not necessarily to shut people out of our lives because that, but to, to maybe see where there is common ground. Because I think in so many of these divisive issues, there's so much more common Mm -hmm. ground than we think that there is. And so if you're having conversations where might you find the common ground? Maybe you're getting there, but that's coming up for me as I'm listening. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't have, I I had not added that column in my outline, <laughs> but I think that's valuable too, right? Because I think about part, oftentimes religion comes up within right. the context of abortion, right? Like yeah. I have many Catholics in my family yeah, and I fully support somebody who is Catholic, who says, my religion says, this is not okay. And I would be like, that is totally fine. You can practice that religion. If in that situation, I would, I would not, I mean, regardless of the religion, I would never force somebody or like try to persuade them them. to to have an abortion, right? Like, yeah, against their values. Yeah, it's yeah. there again. I think that's where I'm coming from when I say like, yeah, pro-choice is the like, right, that is the right. neutral place here yeah. is you get to choose. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, I think when it comes to religion, sometimes it, like if somebody is at least reasonable enough to be having a conversation, I think it's worth noting like, yeah, that's your values and nobody's trying to stop you from having those values but you don't get to push those values on somebody else. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like there's, there's a case in Florida right now where a synagogue is suing um, because within Judaism, the like abortion is a necessity. Like the woman, the person who is pregnant is always prioritized over the fetus. Mm, Okay. and in fact, like in Judaism, a lot of times, like women won't or families won't name babies until they are like they are born because it's not really a baby or they won't have baby showers until then. Not always, but like it's just a different it, it's a different faith, right? It's a different set of values. It's a different set of norms. And again, they're not pushing those on anyone else and they have a right to practice those, those rights. Right. Um, so I think sometimes we can find, so all of that is to say, (laughs) when we think about common ground, we can kind of think about like, yeah, like we, we all have these values, right. And they come from our families. They come from our culture. They come from our religion and like, I want to be able to practice my values and I want you to be able to practice your values. Do you want me like, right? Like I think a lot of like, yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes coming at it that way is helpful for people because I, you know, I'm not particularly religious and I know that you're not either, right? Like neither of us are really affiliated with organized religion. I have lots of people I love in my life who are very strong in like specific faiths that might be, uh, you know, against <laughs> abortion yeah. right like and so that yeah so I mean I'm, I'm I know and I'm, I imagine there's some of you listening who are really trying to hold you know to, to like feel angry and hold space for people who might be feeling a different way right now and think about how do we move forward so yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that is different from we we can agree to disagree it sort of just leaves the conversation at that right it's like mm-hmm. I mean I think your point about like 
whatever coke or diet coke is like yeah fine okay whatever like yeah I can live with that. It's 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 there's an accommodation there and that may be an appropriate response for something that's really small, but this isn't just a small tiny thing that we can accommodate around. So, um yeah, keep going. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh so I mean, another thing I want to know, I suppose maybe this should go at the end, but it's at the you know, this is the category of said in my notes. I think it's worth noting. And like, I do not like to be an alarmist about things. (laughs) I try to take things in stride and just be like, okay, like, you know, let's look at historical context. Let's look at where this going, where this is going. I will say that it's clear given this ruling from the Supreme court and given the, the opinions and what, what they say, the next thing that they are looking at coming for is marriage equality and birth control access. I mean that there's already situation a situation and I'm forgetting which Southern state right now, it's one of the states that had a trigger law that like the way that it's worded, it would prohibit, it would classify things like IUDs or plan B, the morning after pill as like those would no longer be legal in the state. Right. And like, because of the way that they work and the way that they're defining fetus and, and, and all of those things. So that's already starting. It's already starting to limit access to birth control, which like, I mean, come on, like, if you don't want abortion to happen, you can't, you you can't outlaw birth control and abortion if it's actually about stopping abortion. Right. Like, it, it just doesn't like that doesn't compute. So anyway, I think it's just helpful to remember that like, this isn't, these things don't exist in a vacuum. We like this happened and there's another step. And there have been things that have building to this, like this, this didn't come out of nowhere, but there are next steps. And so if you think right now, this doesn't affect you, or there's people in your life who think like, this doesn't affect me, which by the way, it does. But if this one thing, you really don't think it's going to impact you just know at some point, one of these things coming down is. Yeah. I I just want to add here and I might reference it again, but there's a really, if, if you like this source, there's a really great analysis in the latest, we can do hard things episode. Mm -hmm. Um, have you listened to that one yet, Marsha? I haven't. It's, it's, it's really great. So if any of you are listening, like what, what we're not talking about here as much yet is like the history of how this came about. So Mm -hmm. if, if, if you just want to catch up and, and I felt like I did in some ways, there were certain things that I was like, no, I did not know that. And I, I think that we can do hard things episode. We'll cite it in the show notes, um, on specifically on abortion that is out recently when you're listening to this, um, is really useful for an analysis of what led to this point for anyone who feels like they need to catch up. Okay, cool. I saw, I saw it. I just hadn't listened to it yet. Yeah. It's probably stuff you already know, given your checklist, but (laughs) checklist outline, (laughs) which by the way, listeners, I think this will be our episode. We said it was going to be our check-in, but we just, we need to keep going. So yeah, I'm only, I haven't even flipped over the paper yet. (laughs) And I've been talking the whole time. We give you check-in and also episode. (laughs) We have a lot of thoughts. (laughs) Keep going, Marsha. Okay. Well, my next, the next part of this is kind of the what you can do. 
And I, I'm interested to where, like, these are things that I've thought of things that I'm probably a little more inclined to do. I'm interested if you have other things that you might put on here, because we all, you know, we all fight these type of battles in different ways and we need people in all of those places. Mm-hmm. So some things that you can do. I, I know, especially people of slightly younger generation have been annoyed as millennials and and older folks have been saying this, but I'm going to say it loud and clear. Vote. Register to vote. If you, here's a quick rundown. If you are in Alaska, you can register to vote online as long as you have a driver's license. If you are in other states, every state has different voter registration. You're going to have to look that up yourself. I know some states make it really difficult to register to vote or to check your voter registration. Uh, like that sucks too. That's a whole nother rant that I have, but the short of it is please go. And number one, if you are, you know, you're not registered, register to vote, do it. Number two, if you believe you are registered to vote or, you know, you are go double check your registration. Now do it right now. Like as you are listening to this episode, if you're able to do it quickly online, check it, make sure you're name is correct. Make sure your address is up to date so that you're voting in the right place. Do you, if you've moved recently, you might need to update your, your voter registration. Please go do that now because how does, how does someone do that? Is it, is there a real easy way to, to check your, check yeah, out? in, um, in Alaska, you can go to the division of elections website and you can put in your name. It's like your name, your birth date, and maybe your driver's license number. Um, there, I don't know exactly which place, but I'm sure it would, will say it very clearly on the division of elections website. Mm -hmm. And you'll be able to check and see what your voter registration says. And if it's not correct and you need to update as if you are, if you have a driver's license, you can go online right then and update it. If you don't have a driver's license or ID number, the, the reason you need that is because it checks it. Like it verifies you through the DMV. If you don't, you can go to a division of elections, um, you know, one of the offices, they're all over the state. You can also have a voter registrar update your voter registration or register you to vote. Um, It's relative, usually, like, there's a lot of voter registrars out there, like the League of Women Voters um, are oftentimes at different events. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's, there's a lot of different places that you can go. The division of elections, the best one. Uh, So update all of that information because you need to be able to vote (laughs) and you need, we need to make sure that your vote counts, which is why I'm saying double check and make sure all the information is accurate. So nothing can be called into question. Um, Then you've got to vote. in every damn election. And I don't just mean like every November you need to vote. You need to vote at the local level. The reason that like we are kind of in this position is because people who were like, I would call them extremist. Like they really were strategic about taking over smaller government and building up to larger government. So Vote for your city council members, vote for your state representatives. And I have a little blurb about Alaska here in a moment (laughs) in particular, vote for your governor. 
do not only think that you need to vote for national elections or for like, you know, for your, uh, for your state or for your senators or for our, your Congress people or for president that those people have really the arguably the least impact on your life. The most important people are like at the more local state level, especially right now, your state representatives have so much impact because what happened with the overturn of Roe v. Wade is it gave it back to states. Mm-hmm. And so there are some states you'll note, like California, Washington, Oregon are a few of them who have like really reinforced that women will have access to abortion or people will have access to abortion there. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, that is dependent on who is in the state legislature and who is the governor. So vote in all of those elections. I mean, obviously like vet your candidate, <laughs> don't just randomly vote, but yeah. yeah, vote. Um, and, and I would say like the level up of that is fine candidates that are in this case, you know, we're really focusing on a single issue, but find a candidate that you support and you believe and you trust. And if you can campaign for them, and even if it's like, you know, spending an hour making phone calls or helping with distributing materials or something else, even just a little bit of time can go a long way. And there's not a ton of money in local elections the way it is in like larger state statewide. Uh, Marsha for politics. <laughs> my my platform apparently now is abortion access and trail systems. The and, two most important things to me. And oh, and the four also, day work week. Yeah, four day work yeah. week. Yeah, four day work week. Go on. Okay, so vote, vote, vote. And I am not saying voting is the only thing that we should do, but it is one thing you definitely should be doing. I would also say if you're like, I'm already doing, I'm doing all the voting things that you just mentioned. Great. Then I would say the level up of that is find five people, you know, who maybe aren't doing those things and make sure ask, ask five people if they have updated their voter registration, um, ask five people if like, you know, as we near election day, if they're voting, make sure they get to the polls. Um, like small actions can have significant impact. Again, we are in Alaska, so I will say, (laughs) especially in Alaska. Um, And I also want to know, so in Alaska, abortion is constitutionally protected within our state constitution. Unfortunately, um, our governor just came out and said he wants to introduce an amendment to that. Um, I know, I believe on our ballot in November, um, I didn't research this as well as I should have, but I'm pretty sure the um, there's going to be a question about whether or not we should have a constitutional convention for the state. The answer to that, I would strongly encourage you to say no, given who is in control right now in our state. I think abortion access would really be coming under fire um, if we were to have a constitutional convention right now. So um, just keep that in mind that while Alaska has it constitutionally protected right now, um, that could be taken away. And we wanna try to fight to keep that. Um, Especially in Alaska where I believe we lead the nation in sexual assault cases. (laughs) It's particularly important. Um, Okay, that's my whole spiel about voting. (laughs) 
You have I support okay. you. I am just, I, listeners, I'm just giving Marsha thumbs up and agreeing <laughs> and nodding. And I don't have anything to add. I, I just don't want to, you know, whole, take the whole conversation. Okay. I will add in when I'm ready to add in. Okay. But I just am supporting you in all the things you're saying. And I all, I didn't make an outline. So. <laughs> I got really like rageful at 30 minutes before did. we started. I love that you did. <laughs> I mean, I don't love that you're feeling rage, but I love yeah, that yeah. you're directing your rage in this way. Yeah. Uh, so another thing that you can do, and I know that sometimes this comes, another one that comes under fire is you can post on social media. Uh, you can post about access to abortion. You can post about fundraising. Um, you can post support. And I, I know there's, there's something that's been circulating online that's basically said, like, you don't, you shouldn't have to post about it. And like, I, I get that some people needed some time to like process and myself included, like I still haven't really said anything that is my own words anywhere on social media. Cause it takes me some time to like put, wrap my head around what I want to say. Right. Yeah, totally. And there's, but there's also like a a lot of people out there who are very smart and well-versed in this, who are putting out excellent pieces of information that it's helpful to share. Absolutely. Um, if nothing yeah. else for the sense of solidarity, I think, and the comfort that people are feeling from being able to see that they're not alone, being mm-hmm. able to see, you know, I mean, whether I think we can all debate whether it makes a difference or not, but what it might make a difference to is someone who's having a really horrible day who can mm-hmm. see that you also care. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I, I would say it may, it lets you know who you can, you're like safe around. Yeah. Your allies right? in this case are in this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, it feels nice when it feels, I I will say when I, particularly when I'm seeing the men in my life who I have on social media posting about this, um, it feels good to feel like, like we're standing in solidarity, um, or like that makes a difference. So, and also, I mean, I know our listeners are primarily women, but we have some men, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think, I know, I know we have some men. Men, if you've gotten this far, (laughs) welcome. And also, please, please say something publicly. Like, if you at all have any sort of platform on social media or anywhere, I would really encourage you to say something um, because, like, that is – I will say that's really significant to me Mm -hmm. when – I see men saying something because I'm like, yeah, it's not just a women's issue. It's not just people with uteruses. It's like all of us. Totally. Not. And I know we're talking about saying something publicly, but like also say something to your sons. Also say something to your daughters. Also say something to your sisters, like all of those and your partners and anyone Mm -hmm. else who might be feeling impacted, your family members, right? Like no, the more it, the more people are willing to share and it, it just, it means a lot for all of us to be able to share, but especially coming from male identifying people. Yeah. And I would also say like, don't center yourself in this, just be an ally and be supportive in it. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I, I will say, this is just a funny aside on Friday night after that, this decision came out, uh, we were, Dustin and I were talking, he's like, what do you want to have for dinner? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, what sounds good to you? And he was like, I think today you get to pick what we have for dinner. Oh, Dustin. <laughs> I was like, thanks, Dustin. Oh. 
I mean, like, clear, that was not the only thing he said, just to be clear, sure. but. Oh, Dustin. I was like, I'm so glad I have a choice in this. Oh. Totally, totally. And I have friends as well who have gone out of their way to say, just so you, male, male identifying yeah. friends who've gone out of their way to just let me know, like, this means something to me and I'm paying attention. And I just feel like I take a sigh of relief every time I hear that. And it, I mean, not total relief, but like some relief that like, okay, this is, yeah, people are paying attention here. Yeah. Yeah. It feels good. It makes, well, it makes you feel seen. Yeah. And that, yeah. Um, so sharing stuff on social media and then the other, um, thing that you can do, I, I do not want to push people to do this too heavily because I don't think anyone like we aren't owed people's stories, but if you do have a specific story that is connected to abortion and you are in a place where you want to share it, I think that that can be valuable. Again, like, I don't want to like push this hard. Like if you have a story, you have to share it. That is not what I'm saying at all. In fact, sometimes it makes me sad when I'm like, oh great, it's abortion rights are getting talked about. Now all the women have to talk about the traumatic things that have happened to them. Um, but if, if you, you feel called to, right. If yes. that's something that you feel is on your heart to share, I think there's a difference between feeling like, oh no, I have to share this now because if I don't, I won't yeah. be taking a stand the way I need to. Like there's sort of that, that pressure thing that happens. It's not that, but if you no. do feel like you have a story that you want to share because it is on your heart and it would actually feel therapeutic for you to share it and feel like an act of protest or feel like an act of resistance to share it, then share. Yeah. And I, just to push and kind of address the, the, you know, male identifying folks as well. If you have a story about how abortion access has impacted your life. And I know many men who are married to women who have, the women have had to have an abortion and access to it sometimes for very, very much wanted pregnancies, but for whatever reason they miscarried and needed access to something or had ectopic pregnancies or all sorts of reasons and their wives' lives were saved and they went on to have happy, healthy children and like a lot of joy from that. Sharing those kind of stories as a man, I think there is some value there because I think men need to be talking to other men about this. Yes. Um, Research shows that, shocker, men tend to, uh, you know, trust and be persuaded by other men more than they tend to be persuaded by women in cases like this, Um, which is annoying, but also like we have to use that, right? right? Like we we know it, please go, please go talk to people. Yeah. Yeah. Men talk to men about it, Um, please. (laughs) And then other things that you can do, um, you can also attend protests. I think there is some value in showing, you know, mass support for something or mass dissent in this case for something. Um, If you're in larger cities, I know that that's a lot easier to do than if you're in more rural areas. I totally get it. Um, I know Anchorage is where we're at now and we have had a couple of protests. Dustin and I went to it on Saturday, which also, by the way, men go to those, please. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it it is nice and feels nice to be surrounded by people who are like feeling kind of the same things that you are feeling. Um, I will say this is just a note. <laughs> 
the one we went to when we arrived, it was a dude up on the thing, like shouting and leading the chants. And like, this is, that's one of the instances where I was like, really, man, you guys could no, no one could find a female identify or, you know, anyone with the uterus who could get up there. No, no. Come on, dudes. Wow. Interesting. They did event, like they had speakers and there were women and and also women of color because like, this is something that disproportionately is going to impact women of color. Um, but it was like arriving and seeing a dude up there leading a chant. I was like, come on. (laughs) Okay. But yes, yes. Both. And yes, we want you to speak up. Yes, please speak up. (laughs) But like, don't center yourself. Don't be the person like, like, do you, did you have to hold the microphone or could you maybe have given it to like one of the other people that were there that, this is maybe impacting like arguably more. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I just also want to add in there around uh, like, yes, a protest is like sometimes it not only feels good to feel like you have put yourself in the space where you are like around other people. And if there are large numbers, hopefully media picks it up. Like mm-hmm. there are some, there are reasons to attend protests if those feel good for you to attend and also be open to what other um, I'm going to speak towards nonviolent actions because that's what interests me most. But mm-hmm. what other ways that people can come together for nonviolent organizing to to, you know, I'm, I'm really interested in there's been different discussions that I'm seeing around how women might strike in some way or another. I don't know what that will look like or how that will develop exactly for people. But if there are things that you might do, I mean, the more people step out of a system and do not just keep going along with what's happening. Yeah, that is when we actually see change happening. So, you know, keep your eyes open for what what and how you you know, I know there's also a level of privilege in someone being able to strike, right? And and so I'm not saying that that's the right choice for everybody or that there will be something that's large enough to make a difference, but there might be and there's a lot of discussion maybe by next week when this airs, there will be something that's that, that's feeling compelling for you to get involved with, but that those kinds of actions as well, there's create it takes creativity, but the, I mean, notice there is power in people, right? When you hear mm-hmm. the idea of people power, but people have to come together to be able to make shifts in that way. But it, you know, I just, I just really want to encourage everyone to be keeping your eyes open for what are the ways that would work for you, would work for you in your life that may require a bit of sacrifice, right? It may not be what you want to do on a Saturday to go to a protest. It may be a pain. You know, there's this uh, something that I've seen recently about not spending money on certain days. That may be really inconvenient for you, but if it's just inconvenient and you could do it <laughs> and it might yeah. make a difference that actually makes an impact, keep your eyes open for those things. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a really good point. And like, the money of it all, right? Money talks. And I have seen a lot of folks talking about not spending money, not giving their money to corporations that fund anti-abortion actions and candidates. Mm -hmm. So that's something you can look at. You can find those lists in varying places online. And I've seen where people are adding to them every day. I mean, I think that that is a relatively easy action. I mean, it might be annoying, 
but it's a, a pretty easy action that you can take um, that ideally would then, you know, place your support behind corporations that hopefully are supporting, you know, candidates that you at least see you as, see us as humans. <laughs> yeah. Take action with your dollar. Yeah. Um, and then beyond that, some other things that you can do volunteering, um, whether it's volunteering with, you know, different initiatives or different organizations, there's all sorts of things you can do. And especially if you have skills, like if you are skilled in like writing, there might be some volunteer opportunities to like help with grant writing for underfunded organizations. Um, that like, that's just one example. Just keep that in mind that you might be able to donate your time somewhere. And again, you know, as we're talking about all of this, Sylvia, you've already mentioned it. Like there are so many layers of privilege with being able to do, like having extra time. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you have that privilege, then please do this. And hopefully what's really clear with what we're saying here is try to pick something that you can do. I think bare minimum is voting. And if there's something else that you're able to do, please do it. If you have the privilege of extra time or extra money or, you know, a, a availability to go to a protest, please do that. Um, and if, you know, you can't because you are working <laughs> two jobs and you have a bunch, you have three kids and like, that just isn't feasible for you. You don't have any extra money. Know that we're not, you know, looking to like, we're, I, I wouldn't pressure that person to do any, all of these things. Um, and then, I mean, also donate, you can also donate money <laughs> is the other side of this. If you have money, um, I would also, I, I've kind of seen some people mentioning this. I think it's valuable to remember you don't necessarily I think the first place people think about is Planned Parenthood. I love Planned Parenthood. They're a great organization. I think they're getting a lot of money <laughs> right now. They got a ton of money from a lot of, um, you know, larger philanthropic efforts. Try to look at smaller, um, like abortion access organizations that maybe aren't quite as well funded. The smaller, more local ones tend to do the most on the ground. Um, and I'm not, like I said, I love Planned Parenthood, but they've got, they're good. <laughs> they've got money. Let's look at those, those smaller ones that are doing really, really in the communities doing the work, um, and could use like the $10 that you have could go a long way for folks like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Okay. And I, I wanted to shout out one, especially because we're in the Pacific Northwest, um, the Northwest abortion access fund, I think has, it seems to come up a lot as a pretty reputable organization. They help get folks abortions, whether it's help with support with travel, um, or, you know, other things. Um, and they're part of a larger network of abortion access that, um, that you can, that, that you could donate to if you wanted to. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think I, in general, I would just add to, every, you know, what you're saying about volunteering or donating that I think it, I, there's a, there's the framework of being in a 
you know, pluralistic society where we all have different roles that we play Mm -hmm. and we all have different gifts and we all have different things that we can bring to a social change movement. And so as you are listening and as you are thinking for yourself about you know, where are the ways that you can play a role? Just just remember that there are so many different roles and likely what is important or, or what you feel like, like we were just saying, if you feel called to write something and that feels like, and maybe you don't identify with the language of feeling called to, right? That's very much a solve kind of thing to say. But like, if you feel drawn to, if you feel inspired to, um, you know, write something, if you feel inspired to share your story, if you feel and are able to donate financially, if you are able to go out and protest and, you know, be in that sort of space, right? Whatever the things are that you can do, just remember that all of us are valued in those ways that we can show up. And um, yeah, I think just that's really important to remember. I think it's so easy to feel like, oh my gosh, this is a huge issue. What can I actually do? But remember that these issues also, that's part of why I would recommend listening to that We Can Do Hard Things episode as well, is that there is this, there's there's all kinds of issues that are interconnected, right? And so the other thing that I would suggest, and this comes from that, that podcast episode as well, is to choose which of those things are most important to you to work on, right? We we mm-hmm. all can't work on it all right yeah. now <laughs> and you will exhaust yourself if you try to do that and we're all already tired, right? And so from all of what we've talked about today, choose one or two things that work for you right now that maybe will be a sacrifice of some of your time or energy but are something that you can do and aren't going to deplete you more than you're already depleted. Just remembering there there is a level of you know, taking action and also trusting that others are taking action as well. And I think having conversations like this is so important for us to each be able to take a few different steps that feel that that, that will work for us and also trusting that others are as well. And I love what you said earlier, Marsha, about like also maybe just ask five other people, you know, what they're doing. <laughs> You know, like trust and verify, right? Like ask a few Mm -hmm. other people what they're doing. And that may either inspire somebody else or it may help you to understand that other people are doing things too. And that I think also helps us in these moments. Yeah, I I totally agree and love what you mentioned because yeah, it feels so overwhelming, right? Even just probably the list that I read, people are like, I can't do all that. And we're like, no, pick even just one. And trust that there are other people doing the work as well and that they're picking something else. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe choose one thing a week or one thing a month if that's what you got right now. Like what are the things that you can do, big or little, that make a difference? They do make a difference. Um, And I, I, I think that's really important for us to remember. Yeah. And, you know, as we're talking about these things, also make time for yourself to like find joy in the world and laugh and see your friends. And like, we have to hold more than one thing in our hand at a time. And like, we have to fight like hell. (laughs) And we also have to be able to like, enjoy pieces of our life, even though there are really terrible things happening. Mm -hmm. it, It doesn't help anyone if you don't like, it's okay to have a drink with your friend and maybe talk about something else for some of that time, right? Talk about a stupid TV show or 
whatever. Somebody to go on a date. Yes. <laughs> and have a fun date with somebody. It's okay to go on a date with your partner, right? Like it's okay yeah. to like do things that add light to your life as well and add joy to your life and yeah. alongside. Um, it's okay to go like read a book in the sunshine for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. Don't feel like you have to be miserable. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's it's okay to have some we we need we need everyone to do that we need you to be in a place where you are replenishing yourself because yeah. this is a long fight and if you i mean we you, you talked about burnout earlier this episode right if you burn out then you're of no help anymore it's really important don't feel like you can't do those things like i'm on like on one browser searching like different uh volunteering opportunities and on my other browser I'm planning a trip a hiking trip through the UK next year because I'm like well like I also have to live right like I need something um so even if I'm sound real intense and into this no listeners I'm also planning like just a vacation in at the same time we can we can do more than one thing at a time right yeah, and I know that you wouldn't be into this, but I got a massage this weekend. It felt yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's like those kinds of things that like, okay, this will actually restore me in a way that will allow me to move forward and not um yeah, not not totally, you know, yes, we can feel devastated and also we can feel other things and that 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 devastation, that frustration, that pain that that's there. So mm-hmm. make sure that you're finding ways to restore yourself in the, your relationships and your life otherwise too. Yeah. Yeah. We're, and I, I think that this is also a good time to, you know, we, we have mentioned this episode, like finding five people and asking them about their voting or what they're doing. And also just like bringing together your little community, maybe that could be supportive for you. I know at times like this, we have big issues like this come up. I always find myself really drawn to like getting my team of women, right? Like I was just thinking I, about that earlier today. I, <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I find a lot of like, I find some of that rejuvenation with spending some time with some other women who, you know, they like, sometimes we don't have to talk about exactly what's going on. Cause we all know how we feel yeah. and it's sometimes just nice to like, share a space with people who, you know, are kind of going through some of the same emotions and, um, and you feel supported and I don't know, there's just so much power with women coming together. Um, so and sometimes you do want to talk about it too. I'll just say like, yes, yeah. I know coming into this conversation, like basically all day I've been like, okay, I get to talk to Marsha later. Like, okay, I get to talk to Marsha later. I figure we're going to talk about this. Yeah. And like that, I just like knew that that was going to help me to direct some of this energy that I have right now. So thank yeah. you for your outline. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think, you know, I like Dustin and I went to the protest on Saturday. We met up with a couple of my friends who are like two of the people who I consider like part of that like team of women. Like we had, you know, dinner together after the 2016 election just to, you know, commiserate a little. And, you know, we, we went to the protest and like, like kind of made jokes about some things because like, that's the way that we handle it. But we're also like, we have to be here. And yesterday, one of one of the, those women texted me and was like, hey, I'm like still feeling just really a lot of things about this ruling. Like, are you still 
just feeling things basically. I can't remember the wording exactly, but that's what she said. And I was like, oh yeah, like you're not alone. And she's like, okay, I just, I feel like I'm going a little nuts with this. Um, and she works in a male dominated career. So I'm thinking it perhaps like, you know, the conversations aren't happening in the way that they are in other places. Um, so all of that is to say, you know, bringing your team together. I've been thinking about, I'm like, I need to have like a girl's night on my porch. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> but also that's so interesting. Cause I just went on a run today and I was thinking about that too. I'm like, I just need to get people together. Like, what do yeah. I need to, I don't even know what I need to get people together for exactly yet, but I need to get them together. So like, yeah, yeah if you're feeling that way, maybe follow that instinct as well. Yeah. I think, I mean, we, the last episode we talked about trusting intuition. So well, y'all, I'm going to go buy my copy of Atlas of the Heart and feel my feelings. I have more food for thought, and I, I hope our listeners do as well. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to the P.S. Let's Talk Love podcast. We want to send out a special thank you to Medium Build for our show music. And if you enjoy this podcast, follow us anywhere you listen to podcasts. And if you want to support us, it's super helpful if you could give us a five-star rating and leave us a review sharing what you're loving right now. Really, we want to know. And if you don't like it and you got this far, don't worry. You do not have to listen to us again. You can just, you can just forget this podcast exists and move along. You can catch up with us on Instagram at ps.welovelove or follow us on TikTok at psconsulting. If you're interested in private coaching or learning more about our online classes, go to pscurators.com to learn more and find free resources to support you. See you next time.